0: Ha <laughs> ha you got the short stick.
1: Come on, dude. Don't don't make me do this. Hey,
0: Notch, rules are rules. It's your turn to call him. But it's Fine. Hello. Who's calling?
1: Hello, Mr. Blank. This is Notch um from Two United Fans. Two United fans? There are two of you? The, the, don't worry. We sound nothing alike. Uh, Different names.
0: Yes. Difference. I like difference.
1: Right. Yes,
0: we are well aware of that, yes.
1: Well, well, Mr. Blank, we have some news we'd like to share with you. You mean Zlatan accepted my offer? What? No. Seriously? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, Uh, what I'm calling you about, Mr. Blank, is this new team in Philadelphia. A new team? Well, the union are already there. There's a second team. Two
0: teams? In Philadelphia, do you think fans would ever support two
1: teams from the same city? Well, I mean, there are two teams in New York City, man.
0: Well, yes, but nobody supports New York City FC. Not
1: the point. Uh, Philadelphia is having a second team.
0: (sighs) Okay, I can do this. Arthur, buddy, you can tell them apart. We've been working on this. What's their name? The Fury. Oh, come on.
1: Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Tough Cast. And welcome to Tough Cost by United fans, This is much.
0: And this is Jeff, and like my co-worker Evan, we're here at 57.
1: Jeff, I'm ill. I'm dying.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that right was weird. Here.
1: Yeah. That was really weird. Oh my god. I'm a congested. I've had throat issues. I I sound like I smoke a pack a day. Uh-huh. which, uh, even at my worst, when I was smoking, I wasn't at a back a day. So, yeah. Well, I, I could do a Catherine Hepburn impression now. now Tracy, where are you going, Tracy? The... You can only do your Catherine Hepburn when you're sick. Right. Cause I, Interesting. I, I have a rasp, yes. Ooh. Or I could play play Captain Janeway from Star Trek Voyager. Hey. There's coffee in this nebula.
0: And now let's hear Catherine Hepburn playing.
1: Actually, funny story. Kate Mulgrew played... um. Captain Janeway in Star Trek Voyager, my favorite Star Trek um, of them all. She actually played Catherine Hepburn in a one woman Broadway show for no a while. shit. Yeah, and now she plays that Russian lady on The Orange is the New Black.
0: Ah, full circle. Right, I don't exactly. know where that circle would have started, but um, we have exciting news. Mm hmm. And, um, I'm sorry, but with your sickness, I guess I'm going to have to do all of the segues and transitions, so it's going to get brutal by the Mm -hmm. 40-minute mark. We're going to have some shitty, shitty segues, so get Mm -hmm. ready. Um... That is
1: our, like, calling card, I think. I think that's why we should is change our name to, like, Shitty Segway Cost.
0: it will be, like, too many shitty Segways.
1: Yeah. Like I said, though, before, you know, as long as we're not using a Segway to, like, fly off a cliff in Scotland like the guy who invented the Segway. That's
0: right. Which, mm, that's a sign. That's right. a sign your invention is crap. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, Not Crap mm-hmm. is the new website. Mm-hmm. So, Northern Pitch um, decided to branch off on their own, finally flew the nest. Of Mincentric, um, who had been a great partner for the last year, year and a half, but um, the the writers and owners of Northern Pitch brought us along for some reason. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we are now a part of 55.1. And so it's. Hey,
1: Jeff, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Why'd you guys change the name, man?
0: Uh, because uh, naming your website after the thing you cover is for squares.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. No. It's it's a great new name. It's it's I the like average it. temperature in Minnesota, kind of witty. It's also there of the approximate angle between I think the corner flag and the.
0: If you go from if one of okay, if one <laughs> go if, for it, it. it's from like the center circle to one corner to the other corner on the right. baseline, that would be fifty about fifty five degrees.
1: Right. So, it's all witty and stuff. It's pretty cool. I like it. And the website is super clean. I love the like blue and white mm-hmm. uh, theme they've got going. We, they've got some great partners at Brand New Media. And they've got some great partners in us where you'll find tough costs from now mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Same feeds. So, that's good. You don't have to do any work to change over. But you'll find it posted on 55.1 if you're looking for
0: it. After like two weeks ago when we were like, oh, Google Play. Oh, <laughs> Google Play is the best. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. No, we're uh, we're on a website.
1: And Actually, it's pretty hard, by the way, to to change feeds i've realized like you yeah. think podcasts are so ubiquitous in society that it's like you know you think that just changing feeds happens often it'll be easy it's not it's really hard
0: this is really meta suddenly a couple of podcasters talking about podcasting
1: right we should do that um you know i, I actually did have an idea though i'm gonna have a house soon hopefully if all mm-hmm. goes well and i can close it i want to have like one of the things that i was talking about is i, I love having fire pits backyard stuff like what if we do a tough cost like uh, little in-person get-together for everyone who listens in the Twin Cities. Uh, just come together, let's grill, drink some beer and maybe so, we can even just like record a live show. So that's I don't the know. two
0: of us in the Solbergs? Right. <laughs> that's our listeners, right? Just the four of us, just so, so chilling.
1: The one guy who listens, and uh, the two of us. Because yeah. I don't like I've heard like both of them listen, but I still refuse to believe that we have more than one person listening to this show.
0: At any, would uh, be At any given time, somewhere right. in the world, one person is listening to Toughcast.
1: Right, that's and power. Yeah, they, they talk to each other. It's like, dude, I'm listening this week, so you can't like. Anyway, moving along, um, we were talking about in our sketch about the Philly University, Philadelphia Fury. Well, there is actually a team that already exists with that name in the ASL, Mm -hmm. which is probably the American uh, Snooker League. Uh, It actually (laughs) is a regional league uh, based in the Northeast, I believe. And the guy who owns the team, a guy named Matt Driver, not the guy who played... um, The villain in Star Trek. No, that's Adam Driver. Right, exactly. Uh, Matt Driver. He spoke to Jonathan Tannenwald, uh, which we we talked about last week at the goalkeeper. He was talking about uh, there was this bid, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Driver has a lot of grand plans, and I think it's important to lead off the top by saying he has no contact with the NASL yet officially. No, so this is this could all be just the grand delusions of one guy, which he's been scribbling in the middle of the night while having feverish dreams. That his partner's like, "Matt, come back to bed. You're scaring me." You know, uh, and like <laughs> it's, but he's writing in his diary. No, this is this is good stuff, Matilda. This is what it has this to is, be. Yes, this is. Oh, you, good know, you think, Matilda? I was gonna go Peggy. Peggy, yeah. Come Peggy. on, Peggy.
0: This yeah. is how it has to be.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, so it could be just. That, but he talked. He talked a lot. In fact, like I think, like this is like to me reminded me of like Jonathan tannenwald was like tied to a table in like a gold control room with a laser like bearing down on his groin, and he said, right. "You expect me to talk?" And then Matt i was like, "No, Mr. tannenwald I, I, I expect, expect you to, to write." <laughs> well done. That Thank was you. actually better than my idea. It was better uh, than your idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make that noise very often. No, I, I'm i glad we caught that on audio.
0: Like, now that I'm playing that noise back in my head, I have never heard that from any <laughs> right. man or animal.
1: Right. Uh, so, um, Mad Driver, at that point, just spilled the entire beans. And John's dad was this huge article. I just going to summarize it and like, th- try to do it in three sentences. Essentially, what this guy wants to do is have this model of a soccer pyramid, developmental Cheryl pyramid. Teagues. Where, what? Is it Cheryl Teagues? Cheryl Teagues? The model? Oh, (laughs) no. Uh, So uh, what he wants to do is have a player development pyramid where every NASL city has a regional league like the ASL that feeds its best players into an NASL team that then its best players get put onto the roster of a European team. Think LaRio, Viacan, LaRio, KC type relationship, but even more intense. So at every step, there is transfer fees being paid, which means more money, for example, for Matt Driver, which he openly admits... And uh, there's more money being made because the best players in this whole system are on the books of a European team who can demand more cash. Uh, A lot of assumptions, a lot of questions. Uh, You were shaking your head just now.
0: Yeah, no, this doesn't... It's not sustainable. I mean, just in general, even if you're, like, putting money into this league, let's say you produce one player... Mm-hmm. Of a decent quality, mm-hmm. where you'd think that's called up. That in itself should be seen as a victory. But if you're assuming that we're gonna have an eight-team league and we're gonna like the best eleven is always gonna move into the NASL and then eventually is gonna be going off to like fucking Ibar or whatever, right. I just don't. It's not sustainable. Uh, what was the 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 one player we could cite from a similar situation? Is that Yedlin?
1: Yeah. Well, there, I would say that there are quite a few guys who have come through american academies and then move on to europe i think the mm-hmm. as operating assumption here is, here is that instead of going to college or instead of going to pay to play academies you play in a team like i'm just going to name a team here that uh, does not have touchy supporters so i don't need to be worried about it detroit city fc who oh, have yeah or a Chattanooga. No yeah right very so you, stable right? calm logical fan groups <laughs> i actually like the chat of hooligans but uh, yeah, so 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 they play for a team like that which is full of amateurs for their development And then they move up, and those teams don't take a lot of money to run. Assume that they would probably have their own owner operator. So it's kind of this like ecosystem that's very bold is the word I'm going to use. Okay. Uh, And it's kind of bold is a good word, right? We've seen MLS and USL go off to do their own thing outside of the established pyramid. Uh, This would basically, in Matt Driver's eyes, be the NASL doing the same thing. I don't like you. I have some question marks. I just don't think it's as quite maybe quite as impossible to achieve. I just think this is a 50-year plan. Uh,
0: yeah that's a good way to put it
1: right and and everyone would lose money at every step of the way, but they're they are right now too, I guess, so sure, that's the anyway spirit. optimism, no official contact, so let's leave it at that
0: sure officially though uh the Carolina railhawks have agreed to a multi year lease of WakeMed, so they'll stay home and carry um mm-hmm. yeah. It's been a good yeah. It's been a good setup for that.
1: Yeah, Wickman is a great stadium, man. I really want to go and watch a game there. I mean, I don't think I'm gonna be able to before we move up, but hopefully we play them in the U.S. Open Cup or something, and I can go and uh, yeah check it out. Anyway, yeah. moving along. Uh, in this week's shock transfer news from Miami FC, which maybe can be a recurring segment from now on. Yeah, probably will
0: be because they've dropped a million
1: dollars on two holding midfielders in the last two weeks. <laughs> which, by the way, Ricardo Silva owns. Um, a Miami FC is said to be in talks to sell MP and Silva, his company, for a billion dollars to Chinese investors. So yeah. maybe he's like, a million here, a million there. Who cares? I have a billion.
0: Right. No, at that point, that's like taking a penny out of your pocket and saying, here.
1: <laughs> get something nice for yourself don't spend it all in one place <laughs> <laughs> so spend it all in two places two players in fact uh, so Michael Lahoud Michael, Michael Michael Lahoud Michael Michael
0: Lahoud you. had been a part of that okay so remember when Walter Restrepo was sold to Philly from the Cosmos
1: Walter Restrepo he's was the uh, hotel guy hotel and he was a hotel guy. manager yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: so um, hotel manager Restrepo <laughs> was uh, transferred out to the New York Radisson and um, from the New York Radisson to the, uh, the Hilton over in Philly. Okay. And as a part of Philly doing this, they decided to send over their main gatekeeper, Michael Lahoud. Now, Michael Lahoud, in turn, then was recalled back to the, the Philadelphia Hilton and then was just sold off to the Miami Hyatt just now for 300000
1: so, essentially, the Cosmos uh, was supposed to get this guy as, like, compensation for Restrepo, uh during the trade. And now he's gone mm-hmm. before the end of the season. I don't think the Cosmos before was seeing Before the end of the this, spring season. Right? <laughs> no one is seeing this coming. Like, the Cosmos are used to, like, guys being like, the wanted Cosmos brand. Players will want to stay here. And this yeah. guy's like, peace out, bitches. I'm right. out.
0: I, this is honestly... The first time on the record I probably will ever say this, I'm going to wait till you're done taking this sip because it's going to be a spit take if you don't. We're on tea tonight, guys. We aren't doing this with booze. We're recording this at night with tea. (laughs) That's how much we care. I feel bad for the cosmos.
1: No. No, no. No, 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 no. They're leading the spring table again. So no feeling is, bad for this the is, cosmos.
0: This is this is pretty shitty. Yeah. You have to like objectively <laughs> this is a pretty shitty thing to have happen when this is part of your transfer. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's true. That sucks.
1: It's true. It was it's probably like one of those things that's like this is the changing landscape of the second division. Fair you know. let see
0: other things that suck. I mean, I don't know. Do you have a? Uh, do you have any other thoughts on the Lahoud sale?
1: Yeah, just one more, which is that um, this is an MLS team getting a transfer fee, mm-hmm. which does not typically happen.
0: Fair. Yeah.
1: Totally anyway, fair. let's move on. Uh,
0: speaking of things that suck, Indy Minnesota drew 4,000 viewers on BN.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what can we say about that? This is just the running theme at the moment. Are is something special that's going to happen have to happen to get more viewers? I'm not smart enough to know what that is. True. Uh, moving along, um, I did watch the uh, Hudson River Derby between NYCFC and RBNY, who have the best hooligans in the whole world. Hello, mighty. He- I governor.
0: I honestly, I knew this game was doomed when New York City was, do you remember their uh, publicity stunt they had the week leading up to this? All right. Any neutral mm-hmm. that had a Red Bulls jersey could bring it to Yankee Stadium and get it an exchange for a Cosmos, or a Cosmos, <laughs> a City jersey
1: for free. <laughs> And and that by the way, never gonna end well. Reactions to that differ on whether you're a soccer fan here. Or people who are like, "Oh, that's freaking hilarious," and people like me who are from outside being like, "That's a mm, little, it was just little bit cringe slash dumb." Like, yeah, come on, dudes. But anyway, um, they deleted that tweet when they lost seven <laughs> 0 Yeah, I watched this game live. It was a terrible game to watch because. It's an atrocious pitch, by the way. I am not looking forward to Minnesota United having to watch games there because it's a tiny, slow pitch because it's soft, like mm-hmm. the B commentator was saying a couple of weeks ago. The ball wasn't moving. The pressure is so easy to apply when you don't when there's like eight players around you, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was just a weird game, and we got a football score in a baseball stadium, mm-hmm. which was with freaking, a soccer game with a soccer team. Go figure. Freaking hilarious. Anyway. Good stuff. Uh, uh, international corner. Ready? Just one, one more thing about this game. <sighs> okay. The NYCFC and RBNY fans fought outside the stadium, which I thought like, wow, no one's going to be able to top this. This is like the cringiest shit in the world. And then and this group called Hooligans NYC actually topped it. They stole or at least found somewhere by maybe being part of the third rail, a third rail banner. And then held it upside down in a photograph where they blurred their own faces. Yeah. So so this is a group that supports NYCFC, calling themselves hooligans who held up a banner upside down of another group that supports their own teams.
0: Dumb. <laughs> that's 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 your cringe of the week, everybody. Right. Um International Corner. Uh, let's see, Minnesotan and U.S. international Cody Cropper was let go by MK Dons, which was expected because MK Dons was just relegated, Right. and generally speaking, to cut budget, a lot of players end up leaving when a relegation happens.
1: And, and he's been injured, I think, was it Shoulder? Shoulder,
0: head, knee...
1: Wow! Uh, his body. Apparently, we need to find, make him the million dollar man. Like we have the funds, we must rebuild him. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people saying that he should come to Minnesota United. I am actually gonna stand up and say no. I think he should stay in England after his rehab. If he can stay abroad, he should. He's on the radar of scouts abroad. Let him stay. I know, like our fans would like love to have a homegrown boy, but as far as American internationals are concerned, guys who have talent, I want him to stay as far away from like MLS for as long as he can. If it makes sense for him afterwards, great. But I think it's better for his development since he was getting, you know, minutes there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he has an offer from another championship side, great. If he has an offer from like a low-tier Bundesliga or upper upper second Bundesliga, awesome. But if his best offer is like the Scottish 3rd Division, by all means, come home,
1: buddy. The great Scottish 3rd Division? Yeah, the you know, the, the, uh, the, the Haggis League? Yeah, the Haggis uh, League. Sponsored yeah. by uh, Karl, Carlsberg? Can you name one more Scottish reference? Uh, Gonsberg isn't actually Scottish, I think it's English, but tenants. But, I should have gone with tenants,
0: you should have. Damn it, next time. I should um, like Scotland, <laughs> don't we all, buddy? Um, yeah, I, w- I would just say, I mean, if his offer is subpar and below the level that I know he's capable of when he's healthy. Yeah. Spend one right. year in America, rebuild your brand and then go back out. I right. don't think that's an issue at all.
1: Not to the Italian national team, though, where Conte is throwing shade on uh, MLS. Yeah, so but I mean, Conte that. has, n- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That no, but I'm just, just saying
0: joke. you, sorry, you, 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 you poked um <laughs> his contract is done at the end of the euros he has no Dude, reason right. to think about the future and he has no reason to like worry about how people will react to this because he's getting through this tournament and then he's off to a cushy he, job he's at Chelsea.
1: his parents house like wearing like Ramon's t-shirts he's giving his mom a middle finger fuck you mom i'm going to like college soon Take that. screw you I'm dad i'm gonna call up a bunch of
0: forwards who can't
1: play <laughs> Uh, Okay, U.S. men's national team played two games. One was against Puerto Rico where they won 3-1. The one thing that's worth saying is it was at Juan uh, Juan Ramon Lobriel Stadium in Puerto Rico, which is where PRFC will be playing in the NASL. Um, Jackie Morero and Jorge Rivera of Puerto Rico FC started this game and it also saw action from Tampa Bay's Jeremy Hall. All three of them were on Puerto Rico's side. Um, very quickly, the, the camera work was atrocious. Like, high school level bad and shaky. Mm-hmm. Like, in fact, the first goal scored by... Um, oh, who was the dude who scored the goal? Tim Ream. Mm-hmm. None of the camera angles actually got him shooting the ball. Okay, it's that bad. Second thing, the pitch looked... Pretty lumpy and terrible, but they have some time to fix it, so let's hope so. Otherwise, the stadium looked pretty good, attendance was not bad. Uh, the Puerto Rico ad boards, which is also nice to see. Uh, Fafa Pico, formerly of the strikers, and, and they're already, he uh, managed to get us his first start, 19 uh, not start, uh, first minutes for the US massage team, 19 minutes. He's with St. Pauli in Germany, as we said last week. And then you were our correspondent
0: in Frisco for a game yesterday
1: yeah i was at u.s men's national team versus ecuador and frisco texas uh, at Toyota stadium home of uh, fc dallas why
0: do they keep playing there
1: right uh it's so actually the stadium filled up more as the game went on where it was about i would say maybe like three-fifths to three-fourths full by the end of the game with with an by the way with an entire stand empty because it was closed yeah so that has to be said. So not the best attendance at all, but not horrible. The crowd was pretty active. AO section was tiny. I will say the stadium is not a very impressive place. It is sure. it's kind of a dumpy place. You know, there are some stadiums where when you drive up, you think like, whoa, this is amazing. My cousin was driving up to me like, where is the stadium? And then we saw like two floodlights literally beyond a strip mall. Yeah. So, so the foreground of the stadium is a strip mall. Not a Super ball uh, mall, and it was just really lame. Anyway, mm-hmm. the game was awesome to watch. Uh, seeing Bobby Wood, seeing uh, Darling the Nagby and
0: Pulisic. He had a great, yeah, great hold up play in the second half.
1: All three of them, by the way, were on the side closest to me, and they were. Mm-hmm. We were sitting right in front of the the uh, Ecuadorian goal in the second half. Beautiful. Just like Pulisic is as good as you think he is. He is hype. Like, central. He's like Freddie Adu if Freddie Adu actually lived up to the hype. Burn! Right. Great. Um, six
0: players were called up to close off our international segment um, to, to the, the Copa. Copa America. And mm-hmm. five of them were Haitians, and that's Pasco Million and Meshek Jerome from Jacksonville, Jean-Alexandre from Fort Lauderdale, Stuart Seuss of Minnesota United, and James Marcelin of Carolina. And there was also a sixth, Yasmani Quack Quack Ducktails. Duke was called <laughs> up from the Cosmos for Bolivia. <laughs>
1: Some sort of big match on Saturday, by the way, but i don't intend to care i don't care about it's, it's so stupid when international fixtures have two teams from the same country and from the same city it just it's like what's what's the point anyway uh let's move on to spring. Matches more and more of these every week. Uh, we cover them for you, listeners. We wouldn't be watching any NASL matches if it weren't for you guys. <laughs> uh, actually, I do wish I didn't hadn't watched this match. I went to a bar in Dallas, or oh, not Dallas, in no, Austin. Which, by the way, th- this bar was happy to put on an NASL game for a guy from thousands of miles away. It's awesome. It's it's a bar called the Haymaker in Austin, Texas. If you're ever in Austin, go to this place. It's awesome. It's where Ao Austin watches their matches. Big shout out to them. Uh, Indy played Minnesota United FC in Indy, and gosh, gosh darn it, Yeah, it ended 4-2 for Indy. The, the Brickyard Battalion put out a T four that says, let's make it terrible for them, and boy, did they.
0: Yeah, no, it was comprehensive. That was uh, the sloppiest performance Uniteds have all year, um, much worse than the Carolina game was, honestly. Because the Carolina game, I mean, both teams were rusty, but Minnesota had some chances and some chippy calls. They just, they looked outclassed, honestly. Um, there were some, I mean, goals, okay, let's go through the goals quick. Eamon Zayed scored first, and so it was 1-0 at halftime. So you're like, okay, they still got this. This is good. There's a little momentum building for Minnesota, and then in the 49th minute, Indy scores again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think, I think we've got a lot to talk about this week, so I'm just going to breathe through some of these match reports, because we've got a league. I think it's very interesting to go through the league table and some of our listener questions. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm just gonna put it out there. Minnesota looked feckless. Like they were, they started the game very weak, and like you were saying, they came back a little bit during the end of the second half. Our uh, Kevin Viningas and Danny Cruz were pretty good on, mm. on the right hand side. I thought, best I thought, two players. yeah, they they were the two respectable ones. All the others, sorry guys, just didn't cut it this week. Uh, notable failures include, I would say, Justin Davis, who managed to get a our red guard with two yellows in quick succession at the end of the game yep. where we were still what was it was the score when that happened 3-2 Three, Three, two, two. and we and it looked like we had the momentum mm-hmm. and then that just killed it and then the, actually the the free kick from which he was sent off ended up being our fourth the fourth goal for Indy right uh Pinot just did not work in, on the wing in front nope. of him I don't know what the like uh, problem there is, is it the, t- the communication between the two of them, is it the fact that he needs to be more central, but he was moved centrally which was good, and he scored a goal, which is a spectacular goal it's mm-hmm. awesome to see so, that happen, yeah. so that's the one thing that Minnesota United fans can be happy about, but not much more.
0: Right, no, overall um, Minnesota controlled the table, technically they still do, I mean if they won out, they would win but boy, they made it much harder and they yeah. got they gave up their entire cushion for the rest of the spring season um, it made uh, what, it a lot tougher for them.
1: One quick shout I will give to Indy, which is that they look like a they look like a team that can get the championship. Their defense was yeah. very strong. Positioning was excellent, good pressure. This was a team that just clicked on the day.
0: I could see them being this year's Ottawa. And I think actually yeah. I predicted this beginning of the year. Haha. <laughs> but yeah, I think that they they've really shown why they'll be a team that can grit out results. Right. Um the big storyline going into this game for Ottawa fans was oh, they need to start scoring some goals and they scored some
1: goals. Indie fans? Indy fans. Right. Uh, Eamon Zayed, our friend, had a goal, like you were saying, and an assist, which is pretty cool. And then Kevin Venegas, by the way, becomes Minnesota United's uh, assist leader with his two assists in this game. Woo! Right. And go, go seriously, go take a look at the Pino um, goal and the The Nicky Patterson, Patterson, Patterson free goal. kick, yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Hey, Jeff, uh, we're getting to about the halfway point, so let's just take a quick break right here and then we'll come back with the rest of the matches and a few other things.
0: We are back. This is Jeff Notch's Sick, and I'm doing segues. We didn't really hold to that rule, though, in the first segment, so good on you for putting in your own flu game, which I keep talking about, and you still don't get the reference. Uh, flu game? Michael Jordan came back from the flu in the NBA.
1: Whatever. I've done you this know, story like know who four else different else times. has come back from being metaphorically sick? Wow. Good segue.
0: Right? You must mean the strikers.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, or the uh, batsmen, sorry. The batsmen the uh, that's they came back uh, 2-1 against uh Rio KC uh, well they didn't come back they won this game 2-1 and they it's great I'm really like maybe my prediction uh, for Fort Lauderdale be mid-table this year might actually come true.
0: I don't. Yeah, I I don't know where this came from. Like, I just I don't see where in the roster it was like. Oh yeah, that's where the mid-table right. team was. But good for you for picking that.
1: Right. Um. They're proving it, it was. It was all that like hate for all the people um uh, counting them out after the first three games of the season. Probably. Yeah. Or like, maybe
0: it's just their free kick taking.
1: Right. Uh, um so so by the way, one of the things this game is that there's uh three point seven thousand uh people in attendance. So Ryo's attendance has definitely dropped off some. Mm-hmm. Um which is you know, I I I would have expected it. Do you think that
0: they uh blocked fans of Fort Lauderdale or neutrals from buying tickets?
1: <laughs> that that's actually an interesting story. OKC has um banned the the grid. This is the OKC Energies fans, supporters group, clever from name. buying a... It is a clever name. From buying a group ticket buy for the US Open Cup game on June 1st. Um, this, to me, I'm just going to put it out there. That's astoundingly stupid. Uh, the reason given was basically, uh, and I'm going to read their direct quote, Due to the nature of the language and the general sentiment expressed by the leadership of the grid in recent social media f- posts. Yeah, I'm sorry. They're fans of an opposing team in the same city. Of course they're going to be a little coarse with you guys, you idiots. Right. What do you expect?
0: Right, especially because
1: it was pretty foreseeable that they'd
0: be playing against each other.
1: This is a goldmine. This is awesome. You fill your stadium with two opposing supporters group. You play up the rivalry. And instead what you're doing is being petulant and childish and overreacting to a... Basically, they're being mean to us.
0: Technically, New York City also did this for the Red Bulls and look what happened.
1: Yeah, but that was because of violence.
0: Well, no, but I mean like in advance though, like they cut down the ticket numbers in half.
1: It was because last year there was violence. And that's fine. Like if if there was clashes, if something bad happened at the game, I got it. Okay, you want but see the problem is they're not keeping these guys out. What they're doing now is that they're cutting ties with this other group. So they're, and they're making sure that all these guys are dispersed in all the various parts of the stadium. Which, by the way, having been to an away game and being a pretty level-headed guy, tempers still flare, particularly when your team is doing badly. When you right. see the guy next to you being like, "Oh yeah, yeah and you're being getting beat like 2-0... You get mad. So what the Rio has done here is made it so that it's harder for them to control all of this. Whereas when you have all of your away fans in a neat little section of the stadium that you can focus all your security on, you can escort them in and out. Yep, it's safer. Anyway, this dumb move by Rio. Uh, hopefully, they sort it out in the future. But I have to express my my ill feeling on that. Right. Point.
0: Not only is Rio blocking other fans from getting to the stadium, they're trying to get rid of one of their marquee signings from the off season. Um, George Samaras is apparently being shopped around. I think my favorite reaction to this was from Wes Burdine, who had a uh, comment or quote tweeted it saying, admit it, you had this tweet saved in your draft two months ago. <laughs> uh, just pretty foreseeable. Um, yeah. I think we even talked about this, how it seemed like it was something he was just doing until the transfer window opened. Um, if they can make just, some
1: money, but I don't know if they can make any money. Yeah, he hasn't looked sellable. Yeah. Honestly. And, and when you can't do that in the NASL, that's dangerous, man. This is this is a guy who could go to the like the, the Carlsberg Haggis division of the Scottish Premier God League. God bless him. Right. Uh, I mean that's basically where he should be ending up. But by the way, Ryo OKC's nickname is the Scissor Tails. Did you know this? I guess it should have occurred to me because it's the Scissor Tail podcast is our friends from Ryo, but like because right. of that little bird on there. Is that it's, what the bird is? Scissor Tail.
0: I thought it was like a ray of light. <laughs> a Ryo light. Get out. Okay. Get the fuck. Rest out. of the podcast will be done by uh-huh. Sick Notch See you guys. Right.
1: Later. By the way, uh I should mention the the goal that OKC got here was from Mikel having a uh Michelle. M- Michelle.
0: Michel, my belt. He Even had Even better he, when you're sick,
1: right? He had a penalty. Uh and Keo Zanardi, the Fort Lauderdale coach, was so upset at this that he he dissented enough to get ejected from the game in the 50th minute, which is almost pretty funny. Uh, strikers have signed a partnership with the SoCal so SC, the so- Southern California Sports Club, which is okay. That, that's great. So I went to the press release to see details. Very vague, vague, uh, a piece which basically says like they're they're playing up the fact that Southern California is a home to a lot of like great players. And they, the, the 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 exact quotes: Landon Donovan and Zardes are quote players who have gotten their start in Southern California. Right, but not at this club, I don't think. No so no. and, and and basically all the, the the guy who like is general manager of this club said was the idea is to work together on the development of our players in southern california and look at the strikers as a team for our players to play eventually so basically what i'm seeing is they'll send their like call the strikers and be like hey we got a great guy and the striker will be like um nah pass or You're like right. yeah great and that's that's the extent of this relationship from what i can tell i mean they're they're op- literally like opposite ends of the country so i don't know what else this Could be.
0: Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, there's plenty of ways that they could work on this. I'm just curious to see how it takes shape.
1: Right. Um, moving on to
0: Ottawa and Jacksonville in a game that in true Ottawa fashion was one off of a Marcel de Young late goal. Uh the second or third time that's happened this year. One nil in front of five thousand five hundred and fifty Ottawans.
1: Yeah. ones. Good annunciation there. otto whites. Auto uh, whites. Jacksonville have. By the way, Jacksonville haven't scored a goal since April 23rd. That's an entire month. Very
0: good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's poor. And uh, still haven't won a road game.
1: Right. We can confirm. Um, which, by the way, one of their fans uh, replied to one of their official team tweets recently saying, which was like, come back to see our team on at home. And he was like, this is k on Twitter. He was saying basically. Yeah, but our away form has been better, to which I was like, you guys haven't won a game away ever, right? He's like, ever. yeah, but our form away has still been better than our form at which home is this sad. year. I feel so bad. I just to give so the guy sad. a hug after hearing that. Um, the first half was pretty even. There were a couple chances for both teams. And uh, throughout this game, by the way, Dennis Chin had a, had a bunch of great shots. You know, a couple of games ago, we were talking about, you know, Dennis Chin came in, made the difference. Yeah. And and, you know former USL guy. Well, turns out he he's he had a couple of great opportunities this one as well, and um like you said, Marcel Diong made the difference. Although he might be off.
0: Yes, he might. Um, so he last year played for Sporting Kansas City and was on a salary of about two hundred thousand dollars. And so it was a bit a boot a boot. He's he's in Canada and uh, he's a Canadian national. Anyway, um a boot two hundred thousand loonies and (laughs) um. And so it was a bit of a surprise when he signed with Ottawa and people didn't really see it. I certainly didn't see it coming. Well, it came out of, uh, do we have the, the name of the journal? It's a French-language paper. Okay, a French-language paper who talked about how it seemed doubtful that he would stay once the transfer window opened. And at first it was like, okay, he's an MLS player, very established national team player. He probably has, you know, it's just because other teams would be interested. This paper insinuated that it's because Ottawa wouldn't be able to afford his wages.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised. I'm pretty sure their entire budget for their entire player base last year was lower than his salary to SKC. Uh so so this is I mean, hopefully they get some good money from sending him away. Mm-hmm. Uh I hope. Uh so so we'll see. Uh by the way, speaking of their players though, they have actually played without uh, a few players who've been injured. Rich Belchan, Kyle Venter, uh Gerardo Bruna, the Liverpool dude, and Pablo Diego. Uh, and, and Julian de Guzman, out of which only Julian de Guzman is the guy who who they think might be back anytime soon. All the other mm-hmm. ones are are kind of longer term absences.
0: That's tough. I yeah. mean in fairness de Guzman's also the most important of them all, but that's a lot of players for a team that doesn't have a ton of squad depth right. to be losing at one time.
1: Yeah, so still they're doing I think better than anyone expected them to do. Very true. Yeah. Um, also better than people
0: expected them to do is FC Edmonton. Yeah. Doing worse than we expected them to do over the last
1: few weeks is the Carolina RailHawks. Seriously, and the result here was one 0 in front of thirteen hundred people. Which at first you're like, what? But you have to understand, still in Edmonton, forty four Fahrenheit, rainy and windy. Mm. I don't think in that kind of weather we would have. Well, we'd probably be able to report like 4,000. But that's season, season ticket tickets, holders, right? right. But, but, but still, through like, the it, Yeah, if you looked at the stands, it'd all be empty. Uh, that's terrible, man. I feel bad for the Edmontons have to, yeah. Edmontonians who have Edmontonians. to deal with it. Yeah, it'd
0: be about as empty as a Las Vegas-hosted friendly between the Cosmos and oh the foreign God. team. We'll get there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, Brian Silvestre started over Akira Fitzgerald, who's been missing some time lately, uh, family grievances, I, You sense. know,
1: I think this one was actually just a competitive start decision probably yeah. I don't know I don't know that I mean I'm pretty sure I, I've never seen it been stated that this was a because I think akita actually played since uh his family tragedy his mother passed away as we right. mentioned so but I, I think he's played since then I think this was just a Brian silvestri is probably our better choice this mm-hmm. week sure um well
0: this is a trend Neil Morris had reported that the railhawks have never beat Edmonton at Clark Stadium the one time that they beat them was in 2011 at a different stadium,
1: right. So, so
0: they've got their number when they go to Clark.
1: Right, and and this game needed a late penalty, actually, which Connor Tobin, the set piece Connor Tobin pushed down Albert Watson on the set piece, and the penalty was called, Brian Silvestri, unfortunately, dove a little bit early, mm. and Fordyce saw where he was going, knocked it into the goal in the 79th minute, that killed the game. Uh, and and, the, and the, thing, the funny thing in, in this is that Carolina in the second half was doing... A lot of work. They had eight mm-hmm. shots, six on goal. I mean, this could have easily been a Carolina win. They just couldn't put it into the net.
0: Which has been a theme of the second half of the season so far. For them, because, yeah. yeah, they won the first four games, and now they've got one point out of four games.
1: Right. And, and by wow. the way, they're still only one point off or two points off the lead of the spring table, which which we'll get to That's in a the second. Spring table. Anyway, it's, it's interesting. We'll see. I mean, Carolina has to turn this around. This can't keep going on. This this is not you, this <laughs> this is not sustainable. This is like their their last year in a microcosm where they like were strong in the spring and then fell away in the fall.
0: Right, no doubt. So I, I'll be curious to see if they can come back for the last two matches. Otherwise, they've got a lot of work to do before the fall season kicks off. Uh, finally, New York Cosmos beat the Rowdies two to one in front of an impressive, relatively. Six thousand two hundred forty-three fans. I am I'm genuinely impressed. Good yeah, for the customers. That's a really good number. That's four thousand more than usual, um, at well, least.
1: That's uh, now you're throwing shit. It's me. like well, that's not three. shit. That's fact. Well, they, they were pulling game 2000. In 2000, and then they had, like, a several of the three. But a bunch of fans
0: turned anyway, up to feeling, in a chance. You were
1: the one feeling bad for them before. Now I'm defending yeah, them. Yeah, I said it was the one time. That's true, Cosmos, yeah. <laughs> Playing with oh, 6,000 more people than we expected in this game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, Cosmos? So anyway, sorry. Um... The rowdy scored first, and uh, I think that an extra 4,000 fans went through the turnstiles in hopes to be a human sacrifice to Teen Wolf. Yeah, and- he ate them all. Yep, and he ate all of them and scored first.
1: Khalifa uh, Lawson had a great long ball that went through the New York defense, which, by the way, when I saw this, I was like, that would never happen in the old New York no. defense. Like, they were, were now having a strong defense, and this ball found more signs that something's changed. Definitely, um, but in true Cosmos fashion, they were
0: able to come back by halftime and score two goals, one by Esmani Quak Quak DuckTales Duke um, with an assist by Juan Arango, and then Arango had a very, very good assist um, mm-hmm. that beat a sleeping back line, and Ruben Bover was able to knock that in for one of the play of the It was nominees. a volley, right? Yeah, it was a volley. beautiful, yep. beautiful shot. Sliding That's volley, really impressive shot. Um, Nico Cranchar left the game in the fourth minute he was injured. He had a groin injury, so we'll see how his transfer value takes a hit with that. Um, there are five corner kicks in the first ten minutes. That's insane, dude! So that's a lot of block shots, a lot of uh, clearances. That just I don't know. It, it shows that there was a lot of attacking play early. It was all for the early. Cosmos
1: too. Yeah, but so a lot of attack crazy. early on. So
0: yeah. um, interesting there.
1: Uh, concerningly for the Rowdies, uh, and happily for fans across the league, Tom Heineman actually went off injured in the 37th minute with a hamstring knock. Which, yikes! Uh, how, uh, B- B- Bill Edwards is probably looking at his checkbook, being like, "How many? How much is this costing me every minute that he's hurt?" Right. Uh, the Rowdies, by the way, had an equalizer in this game. 83rd minute, it was incorrectly ruled offside. That's that's rough, man. And and I will say, this game they looked stronger than I expected them to. I think they rose to the occasion and looked pretty good. So this would have been a huge like mental thing for them had they managed to get that equalizer instead it turned into like one of our strikers is now hurt. We've got the world is against us. So this could easily turn into like their choke moment Mm -hmm. unless they they have some mental fortitude. So we'll see where, where it goes. There was also a last minute clearance from Hunter Freeman to keep Cosmos in the game in true Cosmos fashion.
0: Sure, and as promised, we'll talk about that Cosmos Ibar friendly in front of 25 fans. Um, it was 2-2 in regulation, and then the Cosmos won on penalty kicks. So, yay! Amer- Without extra time. American dominance. Um, very empty looking. A very different backline for the Cosmos. It kind of looked like a B squad overall for the Cosmos, um, yep. which makes sense because they're in the thick of the title chase for the spring, as always. Um, but Reversio made his Cosmos debut um, for this we, year, for this yep. year, yep. He's and still not
1: on the roster officially for the Cosmos. Of he's course, off not. Cosmos Grosmo, B or whatever. Once Kanchar leaves, I guess he'll come back.
0: Right, and then uh, Kwame Watson-Cirrabo, who was trialing with Minnesota a month or so ago, was on the Cosmos back line. So they're getting our sloppy seconds now. That's cool.
1: <laughs> Throw some more shade, won't you? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, moving along, uh, we don't need to make Puerto Rico SC news, make up news for them because they did have that game in Puerto Rico. Thank you. Go. Um, we have Miguel Cervantes put out a awesome table which has kind of all the teams with points per game, points possible, and then the magic numbers for each team. And it's kind of crazy when you look at the NASL table right now because there are five teams between 13 to 15 points. Uh, so that's to me, that, that's incredible. You have the Cosmos, Edmonton, United... Indy 11 and the Railhawks all up there. I would say the Railhawks, to me, are the least likely to do something with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm looking at Minnesota and Indy as really being the two teams that have the most potential, mostly because they have the game in hand over, over over the Cosmos and Edmonton. But I don't know. I'm feeling more hopeful about Indy 11 than Minnesota United, to be perfectly honest. Sure.
0: And, I mean, the Cosmos are two points up despite that game in hand. So, realistically... Uh, Indy or Minnesota would have to win out if the Cosmos do too. So right. I I think I think you're right. It's really a three-team race right now between New York, Minnesota, and Indy. And I think it could go any way. I think Indy has the motivation because, yeah. again, winning the spring is so much easier. Their team isn't quite as deep as New York or Minnesota is. And so those two teams are better suited for the fall. So yeah. you might as well win the sprint if you're this close.
1: I, th- I think to me, Minnesota has the talent. Um, Indy has the motivation and the mental fortitude. The Cosmos have the kind of hype behind them, the history. Mm-hmm. So they have the pedigree. And I think FC Edmonton, if you want a Dark Horse, they are the Dark Horse pick. Sure. Fair enough. Anyway, moving along. Um, some listener questions. We got one from American soccer fan on Twitter who says, "Should we expect a full B squad for the Open Cup?" Which, by the way, we should mention there are a bunch of Open Cup matches with the NASL teams on June first, uh, next Wednesday. I'm not going to read the list to you. We will. We did that. Once, quickly, yeah, we yeah, re- quickly recap them to you uh, after the game. Maybe we might even do two separate pods since there'll be like so many matches to talk about. But we'll see. I don't think we're going to do full Open Cup recaps. Just quick something. Anyway, that'll happen next week. What do we expect from this Minnesota United squad against St. Louis FC next Wednesday?
0: I'd say if it's going to be anything close, it's going to be like a 50-50, I'd say. You're going to see a good number of A-teamers because um, Minnesota wants to make sure that last year isn't repeated. And the players really remember the St. Louis fans storming the field in celebration, so that's fresh in their head. And again, it's a great opportunity for the club and for the league And they know that Sporting Kansas City would be coming to Minnesota if they win. So they have a lot to play for. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to be a B squad.
1: No, I don't think so. At the same time, I got to admit, you know, some of the guys who I would be excited to see are guys like Jamie Watson, guys like Tiago, back in the lineup who I think are genuinely fantastic players who last year would have been on the A squad, uh, you know, like Mm -hmm. Jamie was before he got hurt. And this year, just because of the addition of all of these new guys, they have been kind of edged out. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm I, actually excited for this game. Even if we don't play an entirely A squad, I think we are we will be better than last year's B team was. Well, no doubt. I mean, we have 18 or 19
0: guys who could start on pretty much any team.
1: You don't have the Pollacks of the world nope. on our squad or anymore. Or the Hildebrands, or whatever. Right. Well, I think Hildebrandts. Anyway. I have soft spot from Mitch. I so know. so so I think I think um in goal is gonna be the big question for me. Is it gonna be Perez or Nisht? Cause um Seuss, Dr. Seuss is off with um Haiti. Mm-hmm. So uh I- I'm expecting a strong showing. Hopefully I from the and by the way, the next question is Cosmos Country Louise from Cosmos Country asks after poor showing versus USL last year, how do league teams do in the open cup this year? I don't know, man. I this is one where like I'm just scared. If for repeat. I,
0: yeah, if I had to arbitrarily guess, I'd say it's going to be a 5-4 split. I just don't know which league will win the 5. Um but I think it'll be I don't think you're going to see all but one team lose.
1: I okay. think Bill Peterson is making calls to the owners saying, "Look, you need to do this." But I don't know how many of them will take it at heart cuz that's our league. That's our our league has the owners get the final say. I just don't know the For example, the Ryos of this world who are getting thin-skinned about their fans and stuff, like that made me nervous about their competitive prospects, to be eh, perfectly I don't honest. know. It's a way to win money. If you advance in tournaments, you get more money.
0: So for ownership groups, it makes perfect sense to play well. It's extra attendance numbers. You want to host more games, and you want to boost your profile. So I don't think they, they need Bill Peterson breathing down their necks to do well. But at the same point, I think you're right. I think the owners realize that they need to do better than last year.
1: Right. I th- I, th- I just worry, again, we're at this point where it's the spring season's on the line. You know. So I don't know. I think, like you, I'm, I'm kind of going towards it'll be a 50-50 affair. Mm-hmm. But... I, I'm I'm not knowledgeable enough in the opponents to know wh- which ones will uh, will go poorly. So, sure. anyway, moving along. Um, Grant Bell's best friend, Matt Hansen, asks us, uh, are there tactical changes without Davis? Well, of course, one of our players and starters isn't going to be on the pitch. right? But, so, um, the question is who plays at left back? A lot of people have been throwing the name out there, Lance Lang, as an option. Um, I, the other thing I noticed when I was looking over is that you know, Jebrowski of course, was was someone who's played in a wing a wingback position before. He's not going to do that because nope. this year he's made it very clear that he's not. That's not his position. So it's not going to be him. Do we have other options over there? Um, I wrote an article about this this last week for Fifty
0: Five One, and I said if if I mean my nomination would be Ish Jome, who was mm-hmm. signed this last year. Uh, went to high school in Minneapolis and then played off at Santa Barbara. He played forward in high school, and at first that's what it looked like, but he actually spent a lot of time at left back in Santa Barbara. And I, I posted in that article a heat map of a game he played, and he's all up and down mm-hmm. the left side. He's a very active player, very fast, like f- one of the fastest guys on the team. And I think that would be a tough matchup for like the Junior Burgos and the Joe Coles of the Rowdies. Right. So, I, I mean, I personally would start him. He also has a good defensive recovery motor. And so, I I would be totally fine with him starting.
1: So, with both him or Lang or anybody else, what makes me very nervous is that this is not a game to experiment when we're, what, one point or two points off the lead in the league. And I'm so, like, scared. I mean, we're going to have to experiment, but it just makes me nervous, you know?
0: Sure. I do but. know that the players in defense have faith in Ish. I know that they do. Yeah. So I, sure. I I think it's a good way to see what you have with him because it is a situation that, like you said, does have some pressure to it. If it doesn't look too good in the first half, you sub out easy enough.
1: Moving to Giovanni, Giovanni Sardo's question. We just signed a guy. We didn't talk about this earlier. We signed uh, uh, Jack Blake, who is a ex-Nottingham, very quickly, he's 21 years old, ex-Nottingham Forest uh a uh, guy from their academy, I believe. He also played for Mansfield Town in League Two. He had three games. He's a Scottish youth international. Mm-hmm. Um, not doesn't have like tons of matches under his belt, but he's young. He's really good. You've seen him at training and been impressed.
0: Yeah, and he's trained with Atletico Madrid, with Deportivo de La Corona. So he's. I mean, he has a pedigree. He has talent right. too. He's very good on the ball. He's a mm-hmm. he's a very good central midfielder.
1: So how does this signing
0: impact the midfield? I could see him starting next to uh, Jeb Brovsky quite frequently. I think that that could become your mm-hmm. central midfield pairing.
1: Yeah. So basically, Anyor and Vincentini are.
0: Well, Anyor is a winger. So he's fine. It's Ibsen who would be more affected than
1: Anior. Right, right, right. But we started Anyor. In that position last as year. a fill in because of injuries. Right, 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 right. So, so for the for the moment, and then when, we don't have Ben Spees yet either. So he'd be the ten. I mean, I think what
0: this would look like as far as the midfield would be Blake and Brovski as the double sixes, and then going left to right on your Spees cruise.
1: Right. So that answers that question. Meatballian asked. This wasn't a question for the podcast, but I included. it. Oh man, who do you think Minnesota will be paired with to as a rival MLS official rival in the Heineken rivalry week presented by Audi and you know Carlsberg? Um, God, I yeah, it's so annoying. I don't want an official rival. This made me very sad. Love Orlando. Me. Because it's like the least rival, so of course it'll right. be them. We we need to make a Milwaukee tifo when this happens. Great. All right, predictions for next week. The first game up uh, next this coming weekend is Carolina Railhawks versus where it all went wrong for them.
0: I am going to say, any soundtracks and rainy days will win.
1: Yeah, I think I think this is one where everyone wears like a uh, a bathrobe with fluff, fluffy flippers. They put on like you know sad songs, like you were saying, with yep. candles and. Eat lots of cake. Anyway, uh, moving along to Ottawa versus Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Um, This is very hard for me to think about who I wanted, um, who I rated well enough. and do, Do I think it's going to be Fort Lauderdale's recovery continues? Do you think Ottawa is able to pull one through? I'm actually if since Ottawa is at home i'm going to go with Ottawa yeah i'm going Ottawa too oh fuck you man come on this is going to be one more of those weeks where we pick out. The same hey one. it's good
0: for you you're winning uh up next is Jacksonville versus Indy uh-huh who you got uh Jacksonville versus uh, Jacksonville come on Indy man i got Jacksonville why not really let's get weird yeah they they play much better at home i mean and indy i i know that they have a lot to play for here but i could also see the pressure getting to them and mm-hmm. especially on the road and it'll right. be tough so we'll see. Um, Cosmos versus OKC.
1: You know, I'm going to throw this one away and make a high-risk pick of OKC.
0: Okay, I've got the Cosmos here.
1: They both play on turf fields at home. so
0: Sure, fair enough. So they're, it's not going to be a different field for either team.
1: Yep, Miami versus FC Edmonton. Who you got?
0: Uh, I don't like this one. Uh, I've got Miami.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean, as much as I, I do think they spent a lot of time in their dark room thinking about what they did, but I still think FC Edmonton pulls this one through because Miami still shambles. Sure. And um,
0: Minnesota versus Tampa Bay? Don't make me do this. Pass. Let's both pass. You're going to do that? Yeah, let's both pass. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, I'm too scared now. I'm joining you in the let's just not pick our own games. <laughs> All right, so this concludes another episode of Tough Cast. Find you us. You gotta go somewhere. Find us on. Well, you just flew in, man. You flew you in like two do hours before. You have to go have somewhere. You do have to. Have to go to sleep. sleep. Yeah. Uh, so find us on fifty-five-one, which is at f i f t y f i v e point o n e. And as always, you can find us on our usual feeds, which are, what is it? iTunes, iTunes Google Stitcher, Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all everything. Uh, Twitter at TW. Throw a brick through United my window fans. and ask me for a
1: CD with the, a floppy disk. Like the U.S. Missile Command is using a floppy disk so I can gift off custom like 80 of those too. If anyway, you
0: want any other great theories like that, Notch, where can the people find you on Twitter?
1: At LockstockSpock.
0: And I am at J-E-F-F-R-U-E-T-E-R.
1: All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your night. Goodbye.